listening to the Mind Manual Podcast, Episode 18, The Illusions of the Ego. In this session, I want to explore the construct we have of our sense of self, which is really just a false identity that we create in an attempt to understand our world and our place in it. It's the thing that makes us feel unworthy, unsafe and disconnected. And at other times, it will sabotage us with its superiority approach in adorning us with a lavish dose of self-importance and impressiveness that we become entranced with. It's the thing we fear for how it will portray our identity and status in the world, which in turn will affect the way we feel about ourselves. And so we hold back in life because of it. I'm talking about our ego. It's under attack, but probably not for the reasons you might think. We're going to take a very compassionate, non-judgmental approach as we attempt to dissect and understand the role of this construct that we have of ourselves. If you have a human brain, then you will also have an ego that sits at the seat of the mind. It attempts to make sense of both our internal and external world by acting as a mediator to moderate our deepest instinctual primal urges and drives. It does so with the rational, deductive thinking part of our brain that is able to judge what is safe, what is right or wrong. These moral value judgments help us to navigate an acceptable passage through our social environment with the ultimate priority in keeping us safe and alive to ensure the succession of our species. When we typically hear or make reference to having an ego, we often relate it to that part of ourselves that is attempting to make us appear greater than and we associate it with an inflated sense of self. When we do this, it's most often based on an idealised version of how we want others to see us that isn't necessarily based on substantial evidence. We place the emphasis on the external prizes of materialism, status and popularity that society recognises as measures of success in order to convince others and ourselves that we're more than to justify our ranking in terms of importance and worthiness. And in the process, we often fool ourselves and fall for the illusion that we really are greater than. But let's take a look at what's really happening here. First of all, our ego is really a false sense of ourselves that we create as a container to hold this concept of our identity. The mechanism of inflating ourselves is coming from an animal fear of not falling prey as a weakling of the pack, only to be cast to the fringes for hyenas to scavenge. And if our pack approves, admires and accepts us, we will ascend to the top, promoting us to a position that will assure our safety and therefore survival. Males will most often be the willing contenders to identify and assume this superior role. However, because they are mostly external qualities, it will always be a tenuous position that is reliant upon the favour and opinion of others, of which we have no control over. 
having to inflate our ego is really a symptom of not knowing our own value and who we really are. Strangely enough, we could also say the same for the situation that exists at the other end of the spectrum, where our ego will attempt to diminish us in making us feel less than and unworthy, sending a strong cue for us to go back in the cave where it's safe in order to keep us alive, to ensure, once again, the survival of our species. A different approach, but the same ultimate outcome, whatever means necessary to get the job done, where succession is the aim of the game. This mechanism of deflating ourselves will have us running to the protection of the cave. It's also a symptom of not knowing our own value and who we really are. Females will most often be the willing contenders to identify and assume this inferior role. Both ends of the spectrum present us with the conundrum of rendering us incapable of meeting a situation or the people around us with where they're at. Because we're too preoccupied in either feeling unworthy or feeling too important that we miss them. And so we don't really connect and we're unable to learn or appreciate the lessons and the gifts they have to offer. This only reinforces our belief that we are separate, disconnected, and more than or less than than the world around us. But if we're able to centre ourselves between these two extremes and seek to understand who we really are, we would come to learn that all of creation is comprised of source energy which connects us to everyone and everything. We are already whole and complete and 100% worthy by virtue of the fact that we were made man, an inherent divine quality of all that has been created, none of which is good or bad. It just is already whole and complete, with nothing to prove, but only to experience all that is. When we really get this and arrive at a place of peace with what is and the privilege of experiencing ourselves as a part of this creation, we will no longer feel the need to inflate or deflate ourselves. And instead, we can just sit in awe of the immense intelligence that is innate in all of it, the seen and the unseen, of which we can take no credit for. Only then will we be in touch with who we really are. Self-knowledge is the key to the knowledge of truth. Many of our wise sages and enlightened beings over millennia have expressed this to us. Starting with Socrates, he said, know thyself. Jesus in the book of Thomas said, examine yourself and understand who you are. Whoever does not know self does not know anything, but whoever knows self has acquired the knowledge of the universe. Lao Tzu said, knowing others is intelligence. Knowing yourself is true wisdom. The Bhagavad Gita said, this is true knowledge, to seek the self. To seek anything else is ignorance. 
The prophet Muhammad said, he who knows himself knows God. And the Egyptian prophet says, the body is the temple of the gods within you. And therefore it is said, man, know thyself. Jesus said, when you know yourselves, then you will be known. And you shall know that you are the children of the living father. But if you do not know yourselves, then you live in poverty. Katha Upanishad, the late Vedic Sanskrit text, said, those who know and realize the self are forever free. All the scriptures tell us one thing, know thyself. If you have known yourself, you have known everything else. Pythagoras said, know thyself and you will know the universe and God. Carl Jung once said, the person who looks outside dreams. The person who looks inside awakens. Awakens to what? Self-knowledge or God-realisation? If it is as they say that this true wisdom and knowledge of the universe is of the highest importance, then surely our greater purpose is to realise that we have all come from the same source, that we are one with everything. To recognise or awaken to the truth of our inner being is the key to our freedom. But instead, for most of us, we're too caught up in identifying ourselves with this egoic construct, with its external focus on everything outside of us, on the environment around us and our relationship to it, that we remain forever distracted from exploring our inner world, our innate qualities and the source of them. Living in this false sense of ourself will have us living out of integrity with who we really are. This is the trap of the ego. It will lure us into believing how separate and disconnected from everything we are. And since seeing is believing, our sensory perception will also confirm this to be true. When we live into the identity of our ego and have a strong attachment to it, we are subject to its whims, its insecurities and judgments, and most of all, its fears as it attempts to keep us safe, even at the expense of living small. This most primal and basic instinct is very well-meaning, but it's a bit outdated. For the most part of our daily lives, we're no longer faced with the physical challenges and threats that our ancestors were faced with. The global average life expectancy in 2015 was recorded as being 71 years of age. Just 65 years earlier, in 1950, it was 46 years. And in 1800, it was just 29 years of age. Imagine what it would have been back in the caveman days. We've come a long way in a relatively short period of time. So our evolutionary programming hasn't really caught up with our technological times. While our ego is an indispensable part of ourself, identification with it and giving our power to it can sabotage our inner peace and cloud our interpretation of reality. We hear our ego as a voice inside our head. It tries to control our thinking and behaviour. It's the voice that analyses what's going on around you 
to keep you safe. It comments on your interactions, dwells on the past, speculates about the future, complains, likes or dislikes all the things. It's forever judging all of it, including ourselves, in the quest to understand and help predict our environment. So it's only giving us an interpretation of the world. It's not a true reflection of what is. To get a glimpse of that, I think we would need to be completely devoid of judgment and preferences and open to experiencing all of it in the present moment without any analysis. The problem is we think that the thoughts we have is who we are and we fall into the trap of believing all of them. So when we hear this voice in full swing with its judgments and put-downs, which are designed to place us back in the cave, and we go and believe everything it has to say, is it any wonder why we start to feel unworthy, unsafe and alone? And the same goes with the superiority end of the spectrum. If we believe these illusions of grandeur and status, it only sets us up for a very lonely and empty experience of life. Living into our ego will have us operating predominantly at either end of the spectrum, either egotistical and superior or insecure and inferior. We go and make our flaws central to our identity and spend the rest of our lives either trying to cover them up with external displays of bravado and self-proclaimed greatness or by brooding over them and internalizing it all until we're a hot little mess inside rocking in the corner of our cave the ego is not our true being or the essence of who we really are we are not our thoughts and the quicker we can stop identifying with this false sense of self the quicker we can free ourselves and connect with our true self and everyone else. If you would like to delve deeper in discovering who you really are, join me on a journey in the Manifestation MBA to help you arrive at this understanding both intellectually and in practice. You can learn more over at themindmanual.com. Thanks for listening and have a beautiful day.